It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hold off on popping champagne corks, 1972 Miami Dolphins. The Mets of 50 years later are still undefeated. But then again, what else would you expect from the kings of opening day? The Mets lost their first eight openers ever, but now they've won 40 of their last 53. So that really should do it for the Family Guy joke where Stewie tells people he hasn't been this disappointed since becoming a Mets fan. And the cutaway is to the announcer saying, here's the first pitch of opening day, and the season is over. Urban legend that Craig Carton and Boomer started on WFAM my first year in the Mets booth in 2012. Uh, I was not the voice actor who did that bit on Family Guy. Yeah, that guy does sound vaguely like me. Wasn't me. Channeling my inner Rick Rock and Shaggy. Wasn't me. Anyway, arguably more importantly, the Mets are one to know. Thanks to Tyler McGoat. Greatest understudy of all time. Who needs DeGrom when you've got McGill and McNeil and McCann and Mark Canna? The Mets are 1-0, and we've got a recap next. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. Scootily down. For the record, I'd love to do a voice on Family Guy. There's a lot I'd like to accomplish before my remains are spread across the Pacific Ocean. Uh, The Family Guy thing's on the list. I'd love to do a guest spot on a soap opera with a really cool soap opera name. If you guys remember General Hospital, Edward Lewis Quartermain, Malcolm Scorpio, Penelope Hughes Cunningham on As the World Turns, or Lance Cumson on Falcon Crest, giggity. But for now, uh, I will settle for being the podcaster for a team that's 1-0 after a 5-1 win in Washington. Josh Lewin with you. The opener was delayed three hours and another hour and a quarter. And finally, it happened. And let's get right to the breakdown. Buck Showalter, who also sounds like a character on a daytime drama. Buck Showalter. He was in the dugout for the first time in a regular season game since 2018. His 21st season as big league manager. And for the Mets, their 24th ever manager, fifth in the last six years. Is that a lot? And uh, no, Buck did not get to run DeGrom or Scherzer out there. Those two have combined to start 620 regular and postseason games. But they're both unavailable due to injury. At least last night, Scherzer was unavailable. The big story was Buck turning to a pitcher who'd appeared in 18 major league games ever, working all of 89 innings. Tyler McGill, was he amped up for this? He only threw 99 miles an hour in the first inning. Never before had he thrown 98. He had command of the clubhouse stereo before the game as well. Reportedly was running an all-J. Cole playlist. St. John's University guys, so that's cool. Uh, No role models, middle child, you know, J. Cole. I'm I'm a little hip. It's not all show tunes and Footloose references and... Uh, soap operas from the 1980s. But anyway, great stats on approach for this one for McGill. His last start last October that you probably don't remember at Atlanta, five innings of one hit shutout ball, one walk, six strikeouts. Then it was six and a third scoreless innings in spring training. 
But an opening day assignment without even 90 big league innings in the books, in the last 35 years, only five such occurrences in all of Major League Baseball. Dustin May for the Dodgers in 2020, Sonny Gray then of the A's in 2014, Runelvis Hernandez of the Royals in 03, Rafael Roque, who I don't even remember, for the Milwaukee Brewers in 1999, and David Need for the expansion Rockies in 93. He had only 23 innings that previous September for the Braves when he started the Rockies' first ever game that was against the Mets, you might recall. Mets went 1-for-13 that day with runners in scoring position, but they won it anyway, getting two hits and a stolen base from 38-year-old Eddie Murray in that game. 26-year-old Tyler McGill, the story now some 29 years later. The right-hander had a 3.2 ERA after 11 starts last year, but then he slid, and maybe a big innings buildup might have contributed to that. He had never pitched more than 71 innings. He hit the 130-inning plateau last year. So for this game last night, we all expected and hoped for just a nice TV dinner or a chicken sandwich from under the heat lamp at 7-Eleven. Instead, we got swordfish at the freaking four seasons from this guy. The big righty matched up against the veteran lefty Patrick Corbin, who had a horrible season last year, but a very solid spring training. Corbin had struck out 10, didn't allow a run in the nine innings he pitched down in West Palm Beach. Corbin's a guy who's easy to root for. Syracuse native, whose dad and uncle worked for the Hoffman Sausage Company back there. They say you don't want to see how the sausage is made. Well, too bad. The Corbin saw that five days a week. Patrick Corbin, back in 2013, back in the time of uh, Cronuts and Jeremy Lin, uh, that was a 14-win season for him back then. Got him into the All-Star game at City Field. He was actually the losing pitcher in that game, a game started by Max Scherzer, then of Detroit, on a sweltering night at City Field. This game was scoreless through four innings. The Mets almost breaking through on an Eduardo Escobar base hit in the top of the fifth, but Pete Alonso trying to... Come home from second. It was a bit like watching Kevin from the TV show The Office trying to make it uh, through the Michael Scott fun run. Not just a piano on the back of the polar bear. It seemed like a, an orchestra on the back of the polar bear. And 2015 Mets World Series nemesis Alcides Escobar is a guy that threw him out at home plate on a relay. Remember Escobar hitting the inside the park home run off of Cespedes' shin to open game one of the fall classic and Getting backed off the plate in Game 3 by Noah Syndergaard. Same guy, Alcides Escobar. Alonzo, by the way, hit only one home run in spring training. But he'll get there. He's got 106 home runs the last three years. Eugenio Suarez is next on that list with 95. No one else with 90. Base running is a work in progress, so I'll give you that. So in the fifth inning, McGill still posting donuts on that scoreboard for the Mets. A rally starts on a bunt single by Robinson Cano, don't you know? His second career bunt hit as a Met, both of them now in Washington against Patrick Corbin. That's weird. Uh, a walk followed from Mark Canna, and we've said Canna's very selective nature at the plate will really have a carryover effect for a lineup that was so much all or nothing last year. Canna and this at bat laying off some tough sliders. He coaxed to walk. Then Jeff McNeil rips one up the middle. Bases loaded, nobody out. McNeil, by the way, has now been in the Mets opening day lineup at three different positions the last three years, third base, second base, and left field last night. So bases full for James McCann, a guy that had four runs batted in all last April. Uh, He could have banked four on one swing here, but instead he pulled a Rudy Stein 
from a movie that you might have seen as a kid, a little thing called the, the Bad News Bears, when Buttermaker told Rudy Stein just to go up there and take one for the team. Back foot slider hits McCann in the back foot. Get the RBI on the HBP. Could there be a more Metsy way to open the scoring for 2022? Bases loaded, hit by pitch. They had so many of those last year, too. And P.S., McCann will get hit by another pitch the very next inning. Number nine hitter gets plunked twice in half an hour. That's weird. Only other Met ever to get hit twice on opening day, Gary Carter in his Mets debut in 85 and later hit that famous walk-off home run off Neil Allen. Did not do that from the number nine spot, though. Anyway, in this fifth inning, opening day 2022, Starling Marte followed with the fielder's choice, runner out at third, but a run coming in, made it 2-0 Mets. Inning fizzled when J.D. Davis banged into a double play. And let's take just a moment to unpack that. Why was J.D. Davis in this game in the first place, batting second in the order? Well, Davis, great career numbers against Corbin. Had a two-home run game against him at City Field three years ago, almost to the exact date. But uh, here there was a right-handed reliever in, and Davis stayed in there, put it on the ground, double play ball, extinguished the rally. A lot of people wanted Dom Smith up there pinch hitting. Oh, well. 2-0 Mets. McGill a scoreless bottom of the fifth, so that's five innings, three hits, no walks, six strikeouts. You go back to last season, those five shutout innings against Atlanta, the six and a third shutout innings of spring training, these five shutout innings now against the Nelson Cruises and Juan Soto's. 16 and a third straight shutout innings from your number six starter, effectively. And that's four straight opening days now that whoever started for the Mets has gone five or six shutout innings. DeGrom in 1920 and 21. McGill now here in 22. That's a major league first, we are told. Four straight years of that. Little more for the Mets in the top of the six against Austin Voth. Two on, two out, and Mark Canna at the plate trying to further endear himself to New Yorkers far and wide. 1-1 pitch. Canna lines it up the middle. Base hit going into center field. Alonzo rounds third. He's coming home. Robles will not make a throw. Stopping at second, Cano. And on at first with an RBI single is Mark Canna. The Mets have a 3 to nothing lead. Howie Rose back in the booth with that call of Mark Canna's first National League RBI. And remember when Steve Cohen tweeted out last August, it's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. Well, um, yeah, uh, Mark Canna is the guy that's going to kind of fix all that in, in some ways. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie is what the owner said last August 18th. It is hard to find a more disciplined approach than the one Canna has. Uh, 382 on base percentage over the last three years. That's top 10 in the majors. This was a great at bat. So 3 nothing Mets until Jeff McNeil slapped one in a right to score Cano. 4 nothing Mets as McNeil had just banked his second hit in two innings time. And we've talked about how McNeil crushed fastballs his first full season with the Mets. He hit 340. Uh, last year against fastballs, he hit 250. So this was a good sign. RBI single on a 95-mile-an-hour heater. The single he had had the inning before was on a fastball as well. So he got the two in in the fifth, two in the sixth, two plus two is four. Washington getting one back in the sixth inning on what else? A Juan Soto second deck home run off Trevor May. Soto, since the beginning of 2020, his OPS is 1,042. Dude is 23 years old. His walk rate's increased during all four of his seasons. His strikeout rate has dropped. Barry Bonds-like talent here, and he hit a Barry Bonds-like home run, 428 feet. 
Top of the seventh, J.D. Davis still in there and not Dom Smith. J.D. doubles and then scores on Francisco Lindor's first hit of the season. Five to one Mets. Ottavino, a scoreless bottom of the seventh. Lugo, a scoreless bottom of the eighth. Edwin Diaz, a scoreless bottom of the ninth. Your final line score, Mets five runs, 12 hits, one error. Washington, one run, six hits, no errors. Let's hear from the winning manager after this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. That was fun to watch. Yeah. Huh? Oh, that's how you couldn't ask for much better. You know, had a couple long innings, especially after the, that was good because it meant we were swinging the bat some. And then he had one inning. I thought he really emptied the tank too. So it's a really good uh, start for him to the season. In that third inning, first and third, one out when he strikes out Soto and then falls behind 2-0 to Cruz and, and is able to work out of that. What did you see in those specific at-bats from him? Just, you know, he just made some quality pitches to quality hitters. You know, he, uh, you like to see guys have a little another gear, another little gear there. You were able to scratch across a few runs both innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, how good is that to see? No, that's, uh, you know, we pitched well and we had some timely hitting and uh, played pretty well in in the outfield. Had some good positioning. I thought that kept a couple of balls from falling. One line drive in right center. Had uh, Starling sitting right there. I thought that was a big play that kind of goes unnoticed, but it's another example of the work our guys do with the positioning and everything. Get a lot of good input. With McGill, if he continues pitching well, I mean, how much of an opportunity does he have here to really show you guys something? Well, he did his part tonight. You know, you know, the reward for that is getting another chance, right? So it's good. And some, there's going to be some opportunities. We've got some other people there. That's why, you know, Billy in our front office works so hard on our depth and continues working on it so that when we have one of those challenges that every team has during the course of the season, you have someone like Tyler. You think about all the time and effort that our minor league people have put in with him and, you know, the work that's been done. To I know there's a lot of proud people and our affiliates right now uh, feeling good about what Tyler did tonight. Tyler, Tyler. The way he handled that third inning, Soto and Cruz, is that what you're talking about when you say low pulse? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, it, just even telling him he's, he's, that was it. You know, he he wanted to go back out there, but he he understands. But, uh, no, he was talking to me about something with the Masters, you know. <laughs> I, I walked through to tell people about different start times, and he just looked at me like, okay. And then... Tiger one under or something, he said. I don't know. He was one under, right? 
So I guess he was watching. That's another part of it tonight. You know, when you think about a game supposed to start at 4, then it goes to 7, then it goes to 8, then it goes to 8.15 or whatever it is we started. And, uh, you know, to have a young pitcher respond with all the challenges, he uh, had a good approach tonight, uh, emotionally and mentally. Did you see he hit 99 in the first inning there, Buck? Did I see it? You know, I don't know if it's intentional. What what intentional on our part? You know, none of the velocity showed up in spring training on the boards. Did y'all notice that? I don't know if it's. Were you over in Yankee camp, any? I wonder if it was a league-wide thing. I don't know if they. I don't know. But uh, no, you know what? That's fine. But it's about the results. You know, there's a lot of guys. You know, I won't say a lot of guys, but people throw hard. But he, uh, I, I like the command better. But what, what did you think? Uh, about the manner your lineup kind of stretched out some innings. The what? I'm sorry. Uh, your lineup, the way it kind of yeah, they, it makes you grind. It makes you grind. You know, you got a guy like Canna who could hit about anywhere you want to in the order. He will make you grind, and it, it kind of gets catching too. I thought Robbie had a good night for us, and uh, um, I can't really be picky to tell somebody that didn't contribute in some form or fashion. Buck, how about the uh, bullpen? Four guys. Mm-hmm. The last three guys didn't even give up a hit. The last three innings. So what did you think of it? No, it was. You know, we're trying to get everybody off. You know, you don't know what the next days are going to bring. Uh, it was a way to have everybody available again tomorrow. Not overextend, but we'll try to get everybody off, including position players. We'll uh, you'll see. Hopefully, just about everybody start in the next few days, and hopefully get everybody in the, in from the bullpen. Back, back to that third inning with McGill for a second. That 2-0 pitch to Cruz to throw the right-on-right changeup and execute it like that. I mean, what does that show you with about the, Cruz with no, McGill? Oh McGill, yeah, to throw the, the right-on-right changeup mm-hmm. right there and execute it the way that he did. You know, I, I'll believe you. I don't know for sure. I'm, I'm, if I go back and say it's a slider or a bad fastball, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> but let's, let's say it was. But that kind of tells you something about him because – you feel pretty confident that's what it was? Yeah. You've asked him? Not yet. We'll go ask. We got, report the, video. Back. We got the video. I got news for you. If he, if he threw him a 2 0 changeup, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Look, it looked like a 2 0. I hope it is. Yeah. Makes me feel even better. <laughs> Did the guys uh, do or say anything to congratulate you for your first win? No, I just. We, I tell you, we got the longest line in sports, I think. That's, a, that's an impressive line. They out they out uh, uh, lined us today on the. Pre-game, but we'll we'll get them back at our place. <laughs> We're not traveling full party yet. Hi, right, there's the manager, very proud of his starting pitcher, no doubt. Tyler McGill with those five innings, no runs, no walks, becoming the fourth Met ever on opening day or opening night to pitch that many shutout innings and walk no one. Tom Seaver did it in '72. Syndergaard did it in '17, and then Tyler McGill last night. That's the list. Robinson Cano has now hit safely in 15 of his 16 big league openers. Career 333 hitter in Canopeners. He was one of four Mets with a two-hit effort last night. Every starter had at least one hit, except for James McCann, who got on base twice anyway. Starling Marte, who led off the game with a single, was caught stealing, stranded seven runners. That's not great. Lindor and Escobar each struck out twice. Soto hit that one ball off of May in a space. But other than those little nitpicks... Really good night near the banks of the old Potomac. The same team that had beaten the, the Mets 14 nothing to end the Grapefruit League season. Mets got them when it mattered 5-1. to one. 
The home opener a week from today. The Tom Seaver statue unveiling to be at around 10.15 a.m., a full three hours before the first pitch. And one more thing, if you didn't hear about this, Caesars New York Sportsbook, now the official sports betting partner of the Mets. They've got a new upscale betting lounge being installed at the ballpark, 13,000 square foot space. will open up sometime during the season. It'll include complete access to the Caesars Sportsbook app on a pretty massive scale, multi-tiered dining room, outdoor patio seating, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be great. Uh, as for what to look forward to tonight, oh boy. Max Scherzer against a team he helped win a World Series just three years back. It's going to be on Apple TV, so I uh, hope you can find it. Get the app if you, if you don't have it yet, or might we recommend just tune in to WCBS Radio with Howie and Wayne. Forecast looks good. First pitch just after 7 o'clock. Scherzer's last 19 regular season starts last year, no losses. He had eight no decisions, but 11 wins no losses. Second longest win streak of his Hall of Fame career to be. He had a 13-game win streak back in 13. And uh, yeah, he'll bring an 11-gamer into this one tonight. Scherzer entering his age 37 season needs another 980 strikeouts to get to the 4,000 strikeout club. Nolan Ryan, Walter, or excuse me, uh, Randy Johnson, that is. Uh, you got uh, Roger Clemens and Steve Carlton. That's the list. And if he averages 200 strikeouts a season, he'd get there at age 41 in four years. I wouldn't put it past him at all. Josiah Gray for the Nats as the Mets try to get out 2-0 and keep the lead in the NL East. The Braves lost last night thanks to a three-run homer by former Met Brandon Drury for the Reds. Marlins and Phillies didn't play. So alone at the top, baby, and that is why the Mets in the Morning House Band sounds so fired up. Should we meet them? Of course we should meet these guys. They did such a great job tonight. On keyboards, Damon Buford. Slapping to bass, Lastings Millage. The horn section, Scott Strickland. And on drums, lest we forget, Chris Schwinden. This is Josh Lewin. It's a 1-0 start to the season. Congratulations, Tyler McGill. Talk to you again tomorrow. Take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.